congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. Are there eggs in those boxes? Mm -hmm. yeah. You want one? You no, they smell bad. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. I'll get used to it. I just walked into the room and was like, man, somebody's got some egg farts. And then I was like, that's not what <laughs> I didn't eat dairy. Eggs. Mm, <laughs> smells like egg farts. Mm. <laughs> what was that? Well, that was her um, Jurassic what? Park. Because it opened this weekend, didn't it? No, it's next Oh, weekend. next weekend. Oh, yeah. But the original was on um, the regular TV last night. <clears throat> Bonnie's um, Velociraptor impression. <laughs> oh, I know what I was talking about. You were talking about it smelling like egg farts in here because we have boiled eggs. And I was saying last night I moved and everything. And, uh, you know, was sweaty and hot and cleaned. And, and so I was super stinky, so I ate tuna fish for dinner. <laughs> Make it even stinkier. <laughs> but at least you're on your own now. I was like, whoo, it's a good thing I live alone. We should probably explain. Yeah, my son moved out this weekend. 19-year-old left the nest. Ooh. Mine is still in the nest. He I'm wants to leave the nest, but can't afford to leave the nest right. yet. Bonnie's actually made the leap. Le yes, no, Friday? Was it Friday or last? Fri well, Friday he moved out, and today, you know, because I work on Fridays, I can't really do very we much. We normally re record the podcast on Friday, but it is Sunday morning. Oh, my gosh. 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Yes. Wow. It's not that bad. I don't usually, like, even get out of my pajamas until noon on a Sunday. Yeah. Aren't you lucky? I'm usually up yeah. by, like, 7, but, yeah, I definitely don't get out of my pajamas until later. Yeah. I have wonderful uh, doggy alarms that wake me up at, like, 5 a.m. every morning. Mm -hmm. It used to be 6, mm. and it's moved to 5. Yeah. I got up this morning at 6.30, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm ready to do anything before 10. I have the same schedule, like, every day of the week. I literally wake up, make a pot of coffee go outside, drink the entire pot of coffee outside, watch my dogs, and then we're puppy sitting too. So I have Daisy, so this morning mm -hmm. I was listening to her, yep, 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 yep. That's sweet. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. While I was doing my, my little schedule. Yeah. And I finished my book while I was sitting out there too. Hmm. You know, it doesn't help my motivation that I'm super sore from moving furniture around. Like, and it, what drives me crazy the most is my forearms will get sore. It's like, you don't pick stuff up with your forearms. Why are your forearms sore when you move stuff? I mean, my forearms are more sore than, like, my biceps. Like, what the heck? I couldn't move my hand yesterday because my boss had me cutting up parts of her flooring for two hours with a box blade. And oh. I was like, this is probably not the best way to be doing this, but... I'll do what you told me to do. So then you have an issue where you can't close your hand? Yeah, it's been like this. Like, no yeah. grip strength still. It was funny. He asked mm. me if I knew how to use a box blade, and I was minorly offended for a second. <laughs> just like, ah, who do you think I am? Yeah, of course I know how to use a box blade. Well, not everybody does. Yep. I mean, they have whole little, you know, training videos when you work at Walmart about using a box blade. <laughs> oh, Always gosh. cut away from yourself. Well, yeah. Yep. Uh, Travis no. gets mad at me because 
like I have a bunch of like bushes and stuff in my front and backyard mm-hmm. and w- instead of we have an electric hedge trimmer mm-hmm. but instead of using that I go use like the I don't know what they're called. The big scissors. Yeah. 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 And I literally call them chick chicks all the time, like to Travis. And he's like, what are you talking about? But anyways, I do that. But after, you know, like 30 minutes of literally doing this and then you've got thick branches too. my arms, like they'll be super sore and they'll be like shaking for three or four hours afterwards mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like, I don't Yeah. But I do it on purpose just to get the exercise from it. The funniest part about my boss asking me if I knew how to use a box blade was then he got down on the floor to show me where he wanted me to cut and immediately cut his hand with the box oh. blade. <laughs> I was just like, you So he was kidding. mansplaining you and, and he cut himself. Yes, it was so funny. Was just like, this is how you do it, Slice. Uh. Maybe you should let me handle the box blade. <laughs> and he is a medical professional, too. Mm-hmm. That's the funniest part. Mm-hmm. So moving out, Vani, what was that like for you? What was it like when Tyler flew flew the coop? It's very sad. Last night I texted him about 8 o'clock, you know, how was the grocery store? He didn't text me back. About a half an hour later I texted him again. He still didn't answer me. And then finally I'm like, are you okay? You need to text me back. (laughs) Vani's like, I almost went over there last night. (laughs) Well, he didn't text me again. So then I called him and he didn't answer his phone. So then I texted his girlfriend and she didn't text me back. And I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. (laughs) What am I going to do? Oh, my gosh. And then finally he texts back. But you have to realize. They could have been getting busy. For three hours. hours. I mean, how old are they? And they're on their own in their own house for the first time. Well, they're probably doing it. Every room. Well, she can't freak out every it's gonna happen a lot like i know not not that i meant like the not texting you back thing it's gonna happen a lot yeah you guys are talking about me making private conversations sheesh yeah but he's not standing in here to get mortified like literally (laughs) boys don't get mortified and it wasn't just you it was like the whole like we don't need to (laughs) listen if he's getting busy he needs to take a break for a second Get a breather, text his mother back. I'm glad and then you would get want him again. to do that because <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hold on, I know I got a boner, but just give me one second. Gotta text my mom. <laughs> She's not gonna stop. She's not gonna stop texting me, and she may show up at the house if I do not text her back. That Jessica be... just snorted coffee out her nose, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't wanna know about Tyler's sex life. It's real weird. Wouldn't that be <laughs> Or great? his hypothetical sex life. We don't even know that this is true. Like, Tyler's Jessica, not gonna have wouldn't sex that be wonderful? If you were like getting busy and your boyfriend was like, let me pause. My mom's texting me right now. I got to text her back. Hold on, no. honey. Yeah, yeah mommy, be, I'm okay. Well, that would be just great. <laughs> Wonderful. I would totally appreciate but, that. <laughs> but that listen, would give me some, some, a pause for concern. It's the first weekend that he's ever lived on his own in his own apartment so, in the city. Here's the thing, though. And not getting busy. town. And, well, yeah, but here's the thing, I though. worry. You have to read realize that this is the son who never freaking texts anybody back ever i know that's his mo man he never texts anybody back but it's still the first time that he's lived on his own i had like like a little panicky thing like when he first used started using the men's room by himself stranger danger exactly i'm like (laughs) what if somebody came in and they killed him in their in their living room and Nobody's going to find the body for days. And I got to drive over there right now. 
Oh my. Uh, see, I thought I was I an overreactive mother, but I think at this well, moment, you got me beat. So, yeah, but this is what goes on in my head. I didn't actually go over there. You were gonna. No, oh. I wasn't. I was like, okay, see him tomorrow morning. I'll see him tomorrow morning. I guess because I'm one of four, I didn't really have to deal with the helicopter parent thing. I tried really I didn't hard either. not like, to. Yeah. My parents text me if, like, they haven't heard from me in, like, two or three weeks. They're like, are you still alive? And I'm like, yep. And they're like, cool. Talk to you later. I don't think my mother ever checked on me. Like, really? ever. But that's just because I'm one of five. I'm four of five. So you're saying it's a single mother thing? Or I mean a single child? Uh, no, I have a single child. child I have an only child as well, so I'm sure that I will be freaking out equally. You freak out just with the idea of Dylan moving out on his own? Yeah, I do. See, yeah. I have like a sister, but she's eight years older than me, so I pretty much was a single child. Or like, you know, only child. Yeah. So uh, my parents just didn't... Yeah, I but mean, they had they, her they, first and they got over it. Mm. No. I don't know because I don't think that's quite the case because, like, they got divorced and it was um, it was just different. But yeah. I lived with my mom like my entire hmm. life, and so she she hmm. still didn't really have that issue. Yeah. I would have gone crazy. I, she still freaks out about me, like would like medical stuff, mm-hmm. like if I'm mm-hmm. sick or something, but not like when I moved out. I went to walk a 5K last weekend because I went and did it with Garrett's mom, and she just went. She wanted to just do one, so we walked it. And uh, this my was mom, the margarita one, right? Yeah, it was the margarita one. <laughs> my mom freaked out about me taking my inhaler. I was like, Mom, we're walking. And she's like, Take your inhaler, <laughs> put it somewhere. Do you have so protection, Jessica? So Are you protected? You. Put it somewhere so it's with you. That sounds like, like something I would say, actually. I was like, Mom, we're walking it. And she's like, Well, still, it's three miles. And I was like, I run three miles like daily. And I don't use it's my name. muggy. You never know if something's going to trigger it. Just take it. It was just so funny. I was cracking up. But see, children need to just appease their mother and do it so that we don't worry. No, you know. No, I did. I didn't even argue with her. I was like, okay, I have it. Tyler needs to set up an automatic reply to all my texts. Yes, mom, I'm fine. Yes, mom, I'm fine. Yep. <laughs> I shouldn't be mocking you because <clears throat> I freak out if he doesn't answer me. So. Yeah. And I mean, I did give it like, you know, a half an hour, 45 minutes before I text again. It's not like I was texting every five minutes or something. Like I would have. Yeah. I mean, I started at like eight o'clock and it was like 1030 that I like, like tried to, well, no, it was like 10 when I tried to call. You can call me crazy. I know I am. No, you're not. We're just giving you a hard time because you're going through a weird, any transition, you know, in your life. You two girls are so young. You don't have to worry about that yet. But that transition, the transition periods that your children go through can be very traumatic for your mothers. It is. For me, it was when Dylan got teeth for some reason. I didn't when cry sh- when he when he hit the other milestones that like most mothers got freaked out about. But for some reason, I just got so emotional when he get a new tooth. I'm like, oh my God, he's growing up. It's probably the because tooth. children that are teething are evil. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> It's just the relief when the damn thing finally gets through. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, it's over. My niece For now. is like the sweetest little girl, but she's teething right now. And oh my holy terror. All right. I understand. So shall we talk about books? Um, yes, we should. The one that uh, I read is going to completely freak Bonnie out, especially Ooh. after all of this. Oh, is it about, no. about a teenage son who moves around and is murdered in his sleep and the mother doesn't know for a week? <laughs> it looks like a... 
I can't listen to this. Let me write it down real quick and go in the other room. <laughs> Vonnie has to flee now. And so therefore, when she's listening to the podcast, she'll freak out. Because she always I'm listens. Gonna listen. I'm going to go, la, 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 la. Fast forward. <laughs> okay, it's called uh, Little Girl Lost. And it's by Wendy Corsi, C-O-R-S-I, Stobe. Little Girl Lost? Mm-hmm. By Wendy Corsi Stobe. How do you spell the last name? S-T-A-U-B. So, uh, this one was sent to me by William Morrow, and I'm never really sure what to expect, like, if we get one sent to us, mm-hmm. you know, it's just always a surprise. To, just a random yeah. grab bag. So we don't know if it's going to be good or not. But I actually really enjoyed this one. And uh, Wendy Stobe is actually, uh, she's been on the New York Times bestselling list. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so it's kind of a suspense slash thriller type book. And it follows two timelines. And the first one takes place in 1968. And the other one is... 1987, so it's a 20-year difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, in the early time period, it is following um, a serial killer in New York, and what he's doing is he's going into um, homes where they have like a, a mother, father, and several children, and he will murder everyone except one of the girls, and he will actually get her pre- like raper. Ew! Every single one will end up pregnant. <gasps> And it's like, that's his emote. Like, some, somehow, every girl ends up with it, this child. Fertile man. Yeah. Very fertile man. And then, in the same time period, it's also following another story in which a pastor, or no, a janitor for a church, finds a baby in the church, like, one night in a basket. And he, him and his wife had really wanted children mm-hmm. and couldn't have them. And they were really poor, too. So they couldn't adopt or anything. So he takes this child home and he raises her. So it's following uh, both of those time periods. And then you move on to the later, like, 1987. And it's following a detective who is kind of a womanizer. And he... Uh, is kind of just like a rocky life and he just goes and has fun with girls except one of them kind of gets pregnant and so oh. uh, but he's also trying to solve like a couple cases one of them where this billionaire goes missing and then in the same time period they're also fi- following a girl who her mother just died but on her deathbed she reads the medical records and finds out like she wasn't really her child like like she must have been adopted because the medical records are showing that her mother had never had a child oh given wow. birth so she didn't know she was adopted no and so she finds out she's like in college mm-hmm. age and she's never found this out and so you kind of put you know the first mm-hmm. where the guy finds a baby and right. her together pretty immediately, right. like which is fine. It's really good the way there's so much going on, mm-hmm. and there it's so like twisted, but you don't know what's going to happen or how things are connected. But they are connected somehow. All of these mm-hmm. different timelines and storylines. Yes. Okay. And so it's super interesting. See, I like it when they do that. I get cross when there's all this crap going on, and you only really get. Oh no! Like okay. of the four or five different like stories they all somehow connect wow i love that kind and you and they don't give any like you don't know but at the same time you do know something's gonna happen and i mean because when they do that they do it on purpose usually 
if it's a good book, they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was super interesting, and uh, I know when I was reading it, I never wanted to put it down. So that's always a good sign. But yeah, and it's called a uh, little little girl lost by Wendy Corsi Stobe. Sounds like that sounds like the kind of book I would like to read on the beach. I'll bring so it to you. Yeah, for your vacay. Yes, because I am going on vacay in July. Woo! Weird, out of the blue. My the people I house sit for. She texted me and was like, "Hey, so Kyle saw you liked this concert on Facebook. We want to buy your tickets." And I was like, "Sweet, okay." We, that's all right. what concert is it? Cody Johnson at oh. the Zoo Amp. Mm. I'm gonna go see a uh, train. <gasps> I love train. And Hollow Notes. We and saw then, train uh, on the Friday before. We were gonna go see Three Doors Down in Collective Soul. Well, guess who I'm gonna see tonight. I know. Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> it's my bucket list concert tonight, you well, guys. Well, Train is like mine. They're so good. Bonnie and I saw yeah, them at the zoo. Train. And they were so good. You know who's coming to um, one of the casinos? I didn't hear what casino it is. Hmm. Smash Mouth. Oh, that's fun. It was last or it was Friday night. It was this last Friday night? It was night? Friday night. Well, I missed it too with the spin doctors. Yeah. Dang. And it was a free concert. Damn it. Why do you tell me such things? Because somebody told me last night and it made me so mad. It's in Newcastle. Yeah. I knew it was in New- at Newcastle, but for some reason I thought it was... Well, I thought they said... I thought it was Saturday night, so I wasn't upset that I couldn't go because I already had something Saturday night. And then we didn't have podcast Friday night, so I could have actually gone. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. And we didn't go. So I was mad. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely going... If you'll lend it to me in my suitcase for vacation, I think that would be a good beach read. That does sound Laying like on the beach, beach read. reading that sounds like just the best. Are you going yeah. to a beach? Yeah, I'm going to Minnesota but to a lake. We do a lake week. Mm-hmm. So, and there's no Wi Fi and no phone service. And mm, that sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, it's like you have to. Do something else. You can't look at your phone all the time. Well, you could, but there'd be nothing on it. Right. So you have to physically do something else, which is great because the kids really... I know. Yeah, it's really good for the kids. That's what Garrett and I are doing. We're spending uh, the second week in August. We'll be in Colorado for a week. I'm going to go fly out and then drive back with him so he doesn't have to drive the whole way back by himself. And we're going to spend a week just going out to all these different hikes. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited because I'm not going to have to answer my phone at all. Yeah, because you can't yep. when you're up there. Yep. If you need There's me. There's no service in me. a lot of areas up there. And that's why I go to Mexico. Because you have service. <laughs> no, because no, cause I just oh. literally, I like I don't have coverage in Mexico because I'm not paying that shit. Um, and then I turn my phone off. All right. So who's going to follow up? Nick, Bonnie, you're looking a little green around the gills after hearing that review. Does it freak you out a little bit? Uh, Nicole does true crime all the time. I'm kind of used to her. <laughs> Baby. What? You look so cross. Bonnie <clears throat> looks so cross this morning, doesn't she? Why do I look cross? I'm not cross. You do look cross. That's she because I'm wearing, She looked fine earlier. It's because I'm wearing my glasses. You're I had pursing your mouth like you do when you're angry. It's because I was eating peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so now from now on, I'm calling that. Vonnie, how come you have peanut butter mouth? Because <laughs> I'm trying on? to get the peanut butter off of my teeth. <laughs> I'm not cross. I just ate peanut butter. 
You know, kind of like, you know, dogs that sit there and stick their tongue out when you feed them peanut butter <laughs> 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 to get it off the top. I love doing that to my dogs. <laughs> my husband loves it. What he does is he smears peanut butter on a piece of bread. And then he and he goes, he sets it flat on his hand, and he sticks it to the roof of her mouth. He's so cruel. And she, it takes her forever to get that all. Well, I can't sit here in the middle of the podcast going. <laughs> so I have to purse my lips. <laughs> I thought maybe you were just having your Sunday morning grouch fest over there. Do I look like a prude? With my glasses and my pursed lips. You look like a librarian. <laughs> That's a compliment. It is a compliment. I was going to say, I'm okay with that. With my fuzzy hair and also my glasses. accurate. <laughs> right? right? I kind of am. Mm-hmm. A little bit. You are a librarian. You're a volunteer, volunteer librarian, just as I am. <clears throat> Who's next? Bonnie? Jessica? I can go. Okay. Okay. We're going to go in order today? Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay, friend. <laughs> I was going to sign on the logs and stuff. Have you signed on the logs? Or? No. Um, you want to come back? I'll come back later. Yeah. My heart stopped a little bit there. I don't know why that scared me. <laughs> I was like, uh, maybe because Nicole's talking about like murder and mayhem, and then somebody walks <laughs> somebody in the door. Opens the door. It's really, really quiet, and all of a sudden you hear. Could you imagine that? We should write a book about that. That's like the next true crime book one of us should write. Someone just like running around killing podcasters. <laughs> that are in radio Boom. stations on Sunday mornings. That's, yeah. Hey, There's a reason we have bulletproof glass in our lobby. We do have bulletproof glass. That's crazy. Yeah, and you have to buzz in. Yeah. It's because people get that weird. Well, yeah. Stuff? I've been up there where something. we've literally had to call the cops, and then we've had threats so yep. that we have to hire like an armed guard to stand up there all day Yep. for like... 48 hours. Because there's this what? dude that... Yeah. yeah. A lot of times, you know, people... F- it's our job to talk to people mm-hmm. on the air. So if there's somebody out there that thinks you're sending them messages or talking directly to them and they're completely unhinged... Like some form of psychosis? Exactly. You get those kinds of people up here saying, you bastard, you freaking said blah, blah, blah. Well, there was this one guy that uh, came up and we have like the cat is one of our stations yeah. and there it's we call it a heritage rock station because it's been around Oklahoma City for like 40 years and everybody listens to the cat it's like rock but um there's some weird people in Oklahoma people who have mental illnesses but this guy shows up and starts saying that the morning show was talking about like fucking his mom on air yeah and he, they weren't. No. They don't know his mom, anything. And then he barrel, like, and it was before we, we have, like, our doors are, like, locked unless you have a key card, except we used to have, like, a motion sensor. So if you're leaving, it would just automatically unlock for you. You didn't have to pr- press a button. Well, because of that, someone walked by as this guy was going on a rampage, and he heard the door unlock and he opened it and tried to like barrel race because he was trying to get to the morning show and somebody had to like tackle him. And then we've had like, we have people that have stalkers up here. Yep. Um, one of my friends that worked here, uh, her stalker literally went to jail because he was showing up at her remotes and mm-hmm. and it then, happens all the time. Yeah. People are crazy. That's like, because they, it's crazy. bad. They, they form a bond with you, and sometimes that's not a good bond. Oh, yeah. That's how... Uh, yeah. I, read, I listened to that podcast about Mark David Chapman and he, when he killed John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that level of psychosis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had little people in his yeah. brain. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. People are nuts. I, yeah, I watched a documentary. I didn't know all of I that watched stuff, a but until I watched a documentary yeah. on that, and he that had was, like, it was insane. Three, he had like Mark David Chapman, the child, who's actually the person that killed John Lennon, and his weird psychosis, and then the little people. Weird. So I watched, weird. I watched that in a documentary about the person that um, shot Ronald Reagan. Because mm-hmm. he thought Jodie Foster was right. like telling he, him to do it or right, he did he it to impress her or to something. To impress her because he was in love with Jodie Foster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah. Strange, weird people. And Mark David Chapman blamed part of it on reading Catcher in the Rye because he wanted to get rid of the phonies. Remember that um, book you that, book. that I read? Uh-huh. Yeah, about that that stalker dude. Boy, that must have really freaked oh, you out. You bring that up. Fr- all it the did. Time. That was a creepy ass <laughs> book. Creepy. I'm good. <laughs> and it was about like a stalker, like like that. But holy crap! If you want something that's gonna make you Cringe. think twice about, no thanks. I don't need using any your either. credit card at a bookstore. Watch Evil Genius on Netflix. Okay. So good. Evil Genius is good. You've watched yeah, it? Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jessica. Okay, um, okay. Thought. Okay, so I read a book called Replica by Lauren Oliver. Am I close enough? Or too far? You're a little far. Okay. So I read a book called Replica by Lauren Oliver, and it's really, really good. I've been, like, I like Lauren Oliver. I, I've read a couple of her books. I tore this book through this book in... I think four days, which sounds like a long time to tear tear through a book, but I've been taking two summer classes, so I was <laughs> procrastinating on homework to finish this book. That's where I was at. And so, um, it's one of those books that follows two different people, mm-hmm. and there are different versions of it, so you can either read it, like the audiobook I listened to told the story of one girl all the way through, and then the story of the other girl, which... I didn't like. I would think I would have liked where they do. Fates chapter, and Furies chapter. was like that. Yeah, remember Fates yeah. and Furies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I would have liked the version where it's like a chapter of one and then a chapter of the other, so the timeline's the same. Because like you right. get all the way through to the climax of this story and you start at the back of the story yeah. to finish. And I was yeah, like, oh no. <laughs> but so it follows the story of two girls, Lyra and Gemma, and it starts with Lyra, and she's born at this facility. A replica so she's a clone mm-hmm. and um, replicas get sick and die and all these really bad things and they're at this facility where they're not even treated like people because because they're clones because yeah. they're clones used for testing but all of the clones think that they're trying to figure out why clones still get sick but they're actually making the clones sick oh. and so there's and then people who think that this is a like against God blow up the facility in like the second chapter and so she escapes Uh. and ends up in the real world with no idea what to do with this other clone boy and she's never been around boys because they keep them separate oh wow and so she doesn't know what's going on so she's just trying to and how old is she when this happens like 16, 17. Oh, okay. Wow. So she's lived her entire life within the confines of this little facility called Haven and so they're like trying to get off the island and uh, they meet Gemma and the other girl and a reporter named Jake who are trying to find out what, what's really going on at Haven. Because mm-hmm. there are people who are like saying that that's an alien facility <laughs> and like just all these conspiracy theories and people keep who sneak on to Haven 
never come never back. Come out. Ooh. Yeah. So they're definitely keeping it really secret because cloning technology is actually illegal. Right. And so um, all of that. And then it jumps to Gemma's story. And so she's the daughter of like a millionaire who has this pharmaceutical company called Fine and Ives. He's not part of the company anymore because he's split with his partner and it's like this big thing. And she gets sick all the time. She has all these problems. She had to have like tons and tons of surgeries, so she had to have like open heart surgery. The clone? No, no, no. The other girl. The other girl. Oh. Who's not a clone. She gets teased a lot at school because she's not, she's, so she's had heart surgeries and stuff like that and she's not allowed to exercise. And the story of her starts with a Frankenstein mask getting thrown through. Like, it's, like, full of concrete getting thrown through her window. Oh, and wow. she gets told she can't go on this trip with her friend because her dad thinks it's a message to him. Because he... Because Fine and Ives is a funder for Haven. Oh. And so, because he, he's, like... Uh, the real monster of that story is Dr. Frankenstein, not Frankenstein's monster. And so, she decides she's going to go figure out what's going on. And she goes down there and meets this... She sneaks out, which is, like, the worst thing she's ever done in her life because she's never gone out of her, like, million-dollar neighborhood alone. And her side of the story is just really funny because she's just so sheltered. She she's realize. sheltered in a different way. Yeah, sheltered in a different way. And she meets this reporter, and they sneak on to Haven, and people die, and it's bad. But, um, and it's, so this book's a series. So this whole book is setting up, so, it, like, it's all set up. So if you want a book, if it, it doesn't come to an ending. You're after oh, the next okay. book kind All of right. thing. Okay. So, um, it sounds fascinating. Which yes. kind of explains why they would do it that way. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't, because they can keep going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, so they find out what's going on at Haven and all these bad things. And they're being hunted by people. And they, there's all these just crazy, terrible things that happen. And But it, uh, they she has a second book called... Uh, I think it's called Rising, maybe. It was really good. And I would definitely give it like a five because it definitely keeps you on your toes because you don't know what's going on. And In Island of Clones, that's kind of like Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) We came full circle. (laughs) Just letting you know, I'm so excited about Jurassic World. Oh, yeah. Are you? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd. I, is, this is the second one, right? Did, Third, wasn't second, Chris Pratt yeah, in the second a, yep, world one? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's his face? The hot guy that Chris Pratt? No. That that talks about the chaos theory. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. He's gonna be in this one. I love him. It's just is like he? really short. For tall yes. man. He's mm-hmm. so tall. He's gonna he be is. testifying <laughs> to Congress in Jurassic World Two. That's not really a spoiler. They talk about it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But he just talks about how. Well, you know, his the chaos other... theory came true. Like, <laughs> fuck you guys. Yeah, I, I was see, right. I was right. <laughs> Next time you listen to me. Life finds a way. No, when I watched um, the Jurassic, the original Jurassic Park on the TV the other day, mm-hmm. um, I was surprised at how young he looks. I know. It's, it's amazing. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, he's still, you know, mature guy, yeah. adult hot, but. I just want to say if you read the Jurassic Park books, did I ever review? I think I did review. I think you did. I know we've talked about it before. I'd have to look back and see. Uh, maybe I should review it I if don't, I didn't. I don't know. But anyway, we'll so go back and um, <laughs> Jurassic Park, like the actual books, there's a trilogy written by Michael Crichton, and 
he goes into so much scientific detail, one, on like cloning dinosaurs yep. and two on chaos theory because yep. it's a real deal. Like it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's so fascinating to actually I read that. I loved that book. They just hint at it in the in the movies, but the books, he is like he might as well be a scientist. He writes so that amazing. Would be cool to read he's, about those he's theories. deceased. Mm-hmm. He died. Yeah. Awesome. You know I like nerdy stuff. It's very good. Especially science. <clears throat> if you haven't read the stuff. if you haven't read the Jurassic Park book it is so much better I have than not. the movie. I love both. <clears throat> I'm so far behind on my TBR <clears throat> list, though. It's yeah, I know. Shame. I actually think, because um, the book was good to read, but if they had put everything that was in the book, all that scientific stuff, into the movie, the movie would have been awful. It would have, because yeah. nobody would have watched it. <laughs> it would have been targeted to a very specific audience, yeah. and they wanted to target it to a yeah. just people who liked dinosaurs. But the ending was so much better. <laughs> of, well, I would have been okay with that. The but. ending was so much better in the book than it was in the movie. Really? What? But then they've done other movies since that have kind of put that stuff in. Well, but they if, took it from... Because there's two more books after Jurassic Yeah, right. That, but... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> awesome. So I found it. The second book in this series is called Ringer. Oh, and Ringer. And it picks up with the cliffhanger. So if you're going to read this book, make sure you have the second one on hand because I'm still waiting for it at the library and I'm kind of upset. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, <laughs> it's like... It's like reading The Fellowship of the Ring for the first time and not having the two towers in your hand. It's mm-hmm. torture. Oh, well, that's what I did when I read uh, Nevernight. Both I read mm-hmm. the first and second books mm-hmm. of Nevernight, and then I read the first and second night books of Three Dark Crowns. Mm-hmm. And the third book for both of them doesn't come out until September. Oh man! And they both cliffhangered. And I was like, "This is I just have too much tension waiting on these books." Too right much now. tension in your life. <laughs> but definitely, I'm, I'm actually reading about clones right now too. You should read this one. It's pretty. This good. is the one that I'm reading right now. I don't know that I'll review it, but um, it's called Where. Where Late the Sweet Birds Sang by mm-hmm. Kate Wilhelm. Yep. I'm actually reading that right now, and it's all about clones. Yep. There's oh, one well. scene in the beginning of this book because um, you mm-hmm. know, there's an explosion and clones die, mm-hmm. and the girl, one of the girls is looking down on a girl with, that's dead with her face, and it just like... That's creepy. Because they, they all look alike. Yeah. And so, like, could you imagine just seeing yourself be dead? <laughs> I, thought she wanted, I, I think those are the cleaning people. I thought maybe she wanted to come in and empty the trash. Oh, oh. I, all I see is Jessica's head. I can't see who's so actually were, in the window. There, there are two people in there. One of them has their back to us, and the other one was facing this way. <clears throat> and she's wearing rubber gloves. Yeah, that was a little creepy. We're sitting here talking about scary books, and somebody's walking mm-hmm. around with rubber gloves. And I don't see any plastic sheeting, so I think we're safe. So you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Dexter. Yeah. No Since Dexter we're talking scenes. about stalker, radio stalkers. and Dexter Morgan. <laughs> how you can only get in with a key card. And there are two strangers wearing rubber gloves looking in through the window. It's a little creepy. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, and you just got this like really far off look in your eyes. And I was like, who's... <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> What's going on? Hmm. Yeah. All right. But anyways, this scene where she sees this dead girl with her same face. It's probably one of the creepiest scenes I've ever read because it just like... Really well written, and I was just like, oh, wow, that's terrifying. That would be creepy. <laughs> it's called Replica by Lauren Oliver, and the second book's called Ringer. Awesome. Okay, V, you ready to go now? Sure. 
I read kind of a different book, and I will totally say that I only picked this book because of the name. It's called Veronica by Mary Gate Skill. This book is about, is actually more about a girl called Allison who is grown up in a, an okay home environment, but not a, it wasn't like the Partridge family or Brady Bunch. And she runs away from home and goes and lives in this group home for a while and then is um, discovered by a modeling agency and goes into the world of modeling. And this is all like very early 90s or very early 80s. She gets into, you know, the whole world of the modeling agenda and I feel like in a modeling agency would be a really bad place to be as a teenager because you know you hear about all those like young stars that just go just like lose it because they're stuck in that world of being famous so young but anyways okay yeah and, and this actually sounds a lot like that kind of modeling world where it's just there's a lot of sex in this book wow yeah I mean it doesn't really go into very much detail but it's very plain that there is a lot of sex in this de- in this book. Well, it does go into a little detail, but not too bad. It's a very different kind of detail, I guess. This book is very raw, and she compares a lot of things to sex. Like she's talking about like demons in somebody's head, but then she talks about how the demons you can hear the demons through a woman's clit clitoris so it's like so what's she doing with her head down there anyway is this an lgbt no no it's not there's a little part that you think that she might be has ears or a voice i i'm I'm really not sure i haven't learned that trick yet (laughs) well you know sometimes Um, if you no i'm not even gonna go there that's just that's really awful that's just what I mean by this book is like really raw because a lot of it, it's very well written. The writing is not raw. The thought process of the main character is very raw. Non-filtered, perhaps? And it's very written in a non-filtered way. Ah. Yeah. Okay. But yes. like I said, it's Allison. She's in the model world. She's modeling for a while. And then she kind of quits modeling for a while and she's working for a company and this is where she meets Veronica and her and Veronica become friends and and this is like in the early 80s where it's like part of the right in the like AIDS epidemic and Veronica has AIDS oh and she ooh well she's (laughs) HIV positive but she doesn't really have AIDS AIDS yet and she's still having a lot of sex not Veronica. Oh, the Allison is Allison. the one that was having a lot of sex. Ooh, okay. Veronica has been together with a gentleman who is bisexual for like 10 years. And she, he has AIDS. And at the time that they found out he had AIDS, this is when they thought that it was just a man's disease and women couldn't catch it. Oh. Because there was a lot of, you know, when AIDS first happened, yep. there was a lot of not a lot was known about it. Yeah. And so you were either an IV drug user or or gay. Gay. Like right. a gay man. Yeah. Uh, I just right. had flashbacks to the immortalists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so she has this HIV, but they don't really think that it's bad for women and so on and so forth. And oh. Allison kind of, you know, becomes her friend. And Veronica is a very unique individual. I like Veronica. 
Veronica's character for the most part. There's some parts that she gets quite bitchy and way too weird, but because she has HIV and she's upset. But Veronica used to be in the modeling business also. And there's a huge age difference between Allison and Veronica. So Veronica is almost like a cool older sister for Allison. And she hangs out with her a lot and they go do stuff together. And, um, of course, Veronica tells her she has HIV. But a lot of people don't know it. Nobody else at work knows that she has it or anything like that because there was a huge stereotype at the time. Right. of people that have HIV. So, you know, that wasn't something that she really wanted to deal with with everybody, with all of her coworkers mm-hmm. or right. most other people. So, It's just not anybody's business. Right, like, really it's not. I mean, to, to tell you the truth, it's not that big a deal, especially nowadays. I mean, because... But then... But then was, yeah. it was a little bit more of a big deal because a lot wasn't known about it. But she stays her friend when... Veronica gets really sick and Veronica basically loses all of her other friends. All of her other friends when they find out that she has HIV they don't want to be her friend anymore. Because they're afraid. Right. Basically. And it just kind of goes through Allison's life and Veronica's life and it's it's an interesting book. It's, it's a very interesting perspective on the modeling world. It actually reminded me a lot of... Um, was it the girls where the where the main character runs away and joins a cult? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It kind of reminded me, the writing style reminded me a little bit of that book. Hmm. So I'm, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I, it had a, a good ending, I thought. It, it kind of almost works in a flashback. So when you first start reading the book about Allison... It's like it's after all of this happens, and it's like in the, like, she's a little bit older, and she talks about, you know, different problems that she has, but it's because of all this other stuff that happens during her life, and then it flashes back to her life. Hmm. That sounds good. Yeah, it talks about, you know, her relationships. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Her relationship with Veronica and Veronica, you know, having HIV and getting sick. And Veronica was a a very powerful influence in her life, I think. Which is both good and bad. Because she wasn't exactly a saint. But, you know, she was very direct and she, for the most part, didn't really care what people thought. That's good. Well, sometimes the people who do influence your life aren't perfect. And right. and because of that, they've oh, yeah. influenced your life. They can teach you what they've done wrong. Right. Before yeah. you make the same mistake. Plus, perfect know. people are boring. Why would you want to be around somebody who's perfect? I would not. No. Obviously, because you're my friend. <laughs> and same for you, because obviously yeah. you're my friend. I am not perfect. And I'm not perfect. Yeah. And Nicole's not perfect. No one's perfect. And Jessica's not perfect. Definitely not I don't have a soul. Yeah, the red hair thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the red-headed jeans, so. Yep, same yeah. So, yeah, I would I would recommend it. It was it was interesting. I mean, this might not have been, like, my favorite read. I don't think I really had a book hangover after it. I mean, it was only, like, half a day before I started reading my next book. But it was good. And, again, that was Veronica by Mary Kate Skill. Yeah, 
the way you're describing that reminds me a lot of the Immortalists with oh, really? the first brother. Yeah, the first brother was was gay. gay. Um, and had, and and he, he had HIV. Yeah. So that whole first storyline. Well, when I first started reading this, I didn't, I picked it up solely because of the name. It was my name. Because that's Vonnie's real first name is Veronica. Veronica. But shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> she, has, she only becomes Veronica when she's angry. When I'm angry. Or around no, family. Only, only at the library when the song from Elvis Costello comes on. <laughs> Veronica. <laughs> Veronica. Well, my family calls me Veronica. Do they really? Yeah. My dad does. He's so funny. Whenever I call him, or when he calls me and be like, Veronica, this is your father. (laughs) It's hilarious. I am your father. (laughs) Now that I know that, I'm going to have to test it out one of these days and see if you answer. Veronica, this is your father. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious. Speaking of fathers, today's Father's Day. It is. My dad's working. So happy Father's Day to everybody who's a father out there. Because this will actually post today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I need to. Um, I need to call my dad. It was a little early before we left the house. He sleeps in, so. And you two still have your fathers. Mm-hmm. I don't. My my father's deceased. But I went to uh, my dad's house yesterday, and he gave me presents for Father's I Day. I saw your presents. Produce. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. Like, I can't fit everything in my fridge. <laughs> Enough produce to last for several weeks. We took That's my dad good, to see Deadpool 2 for Father's Day. <gasps> I want to see that. Me too. I'm jealous of your father. <laughs> he and I had a really good time because it's like, if anybody who's seen Deadpool 1, it's like category gross humor. Yeah. Like he, it's a little inappropriate humor, too. The first too. one where he's like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And she cuts his hand off. I was like, oh, that was dark. <laughs> but it was so funny. So my dad and I are just sitting there cracking up laughing, like, every time he does something nasty and, like, says something stupid to go with it. My mom's just like, oh. <gasps> <gasps> now you know why I was nervous when your mother was in the room. She just doesn't like blood. So well. every little bloody thing, my mom was just like. And there's a lot of blood in Deadpool. And it was the second time I'd seen it, so I just tapped her and was just like, don't don't watch for a minute. Just don't watch for a minute. <laughs> Your dad is very cool, though. My dad is cool. Gonna switch gears. To your book. Because okay. you know that you are going to have something very different. Yep, it's different. Yes. But in my defense, this was a recommendation by one of our Twitter followers, Ooh. Helen. She thank actually, you, Helen. Thank you, Helen. This was actually a really fun book to read. Um, it's called Checking Out by Nick Spaulding. And it follows this man named Nathan, who's the creator of a children's show called The Foodies. And he like writes all of these songs for these big life-size characters. It's kind of a rip-off of the Teletubbies. <laughs> like vegetables yeah, just running it's, around? It's, yeah, it's, it's British. They oh, had gosh. one of those. What was the veggies that veggie ran tails. around? Yeah, veggie but, tails. Was it Veggie Tales? But this is so not Jesus-y, though. Yeah. No. I, have, I have a plate that has the Veggie Tail people on it. <laughs> yeah. I still remember the Veggie Tail songs. <laughs> I used to, you used to be able to go buy like a CD with all of the Veggie Tail songs, yep, yep. but they'd put like your kid's name in it. So it really. So we got one from my nephew, like, so it cool. would say like Gage, and then I don't know, it was cute. So it's got all these these food characters on it, um, and he he's kind of he's I guess he's kind of like a songwriter, and that's just what he ended up doing. He ended up making all of these songs for 
kids. And so he sells his creation at the, kind of at the beginning of the book. And he gets offered this huge amount of money. It's like a buyout. And so he's thinking, oh, wow, I really made it. And, you know, he's got all of this stuff going for him. And he's so excited. And then he faints. Oh, no. And it's discovered that he has a brain tumor. It's not, it's not a, it's not a malignant brain tumor, but because of where it is and because it's growing, it's inoperable. So it's benign, but it's going to kill him because it just keeps growing. And so basically the book is all about how he's dealing with this whole thing Mm -hmm. and it sort of becomes the meaning of life and the meaning of death but it's such a funny book you know I just love humor I love when they're able to take humor especially dark humor (laughs) the blacker the better when it comes to the humor I don't know I just really liked the character Helen really knew that this was going to get me. She knew this was going to be a book I would like. It did not have a sappy ending, and that was like totally perfect for me because I hate it when they have sappy endings. So it was really good. Um, once again, that was called Checking Out by Nick Spaulding. Might actually be a good book for somebody who's going through a terminal illness to read because of its humor. Unless, of course, you have somebody who's really super sappy and doesn't like that kind of thing. <laughs> nah. So, yeah. Surprised that I have not read anything by Nick Spaulding. I think there are probably a couple of other books I was looking up that I'll probably read now. Because I love British authors. I love, it, it, like I said, it's like traveling. Because mm-hmm. their whole vernacular, the way they the way they talk, all their little slangs and everything like that, it's, it's kind of like going to another country, and I just love it. It's yeah. just so fun. And their attitude is very different, too. There was, there was one section I particularly liked when, when he decides to go to this TV preacher, an American TV preacher, mm-hmm. that's just freaking hilariously funny. Is I it? just loved it. Yes. It's a healer. A, oh, no. A healer guy. Yeah. Oh, no. Yep. So, good recommendation, Helen. Thank you. We like dark. Dark humor. The dark of the beta. Checking out by Nick Spaulding. Awesome. Great. I feel like we came full circle twice on this thing, because you were upset about Tyler leaving, and then Nicole... Serial killers. ...about serial killers, and then she made a comment about... Tyler's sex life, and we, you read a book about sex. <laughs> yeah, kinda. let's talk about sex, baby. baby. Let's talk about. Oh, sorry, and me. <laughs> let's talk about all the. <laughs> Actually, I think that was already that was already in a podcast, wasn't it? Didn't we do that in a podcast? <laughs> push it. Was it? <laughs> oh, when I you know. guys I were singing, that. yes, yeah. and I a couple of was gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of couple of ones, couple of singing know. sections, and I I often get songs stuck in my head, and then they're like forever, forever. And sometimes it's like I have the radio station in my head on scan. Mine's been like because Abigail's been singing "Ba Ba Black Sheep" nonstop. I found myself like. Cutting up flooring at work, going, Baba Black Sheep, have you any wool? 
Have you ever like like gotten into it and like changed the tempo and you're like, bop, bop, <laughs> this is how rappers get their ideas. No, 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 no. <laughs> I doubt it. Maybe bad rappers. <laughs> what are you trying bad, to say? Bad. <laughs> this is awful. Ah. It's too early on a Sunday. That's what the problem is. We're giddy because we're so not in our own element here Mm-mm. at right. 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Or maybe the Starbucks is taking hold. That could be Fine. it, because it's actually after 11 now. Okay. Yeah. okay, then, everybody. Have an awesome week. Vonnie's gone next week. I am. Bonnie is in Seattle. Yep. Yep, my big trip. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm happy about it or nervous because I don't like to travel. Well, It'll be fun. You'll get to tell us body. all about your exciting adventure and your trip to Starbucks in Seattle. You are going to Starbucks, aren't you? Well, I'm sure. Yeah. At some point. I mean, it's Starbucks and it's, <laughs> it's me. Seattle. Just and my roommate that I'm staying with because we, we're sharing hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. She is drinks a Starbucks every freaking day so I imagine that we will so I imagine I will be drinking she some does Starbucks. Drink a lot of Starbucks just remember Starbucks is fine because it's from Seattle but don't eat anywhere you can eat in Oklahoma while you're there now I'm going to go that to a place called Biscuit Bitch that's at mm-hmm. Mike's place and there's yeah. like some really awesome like donut shops I think mm-hmm. that I've heard about a yeah, million I would times imagine. in Seattle see I, I think that's important is that if you go someplace, don't eat at the don't eat fast food or I'm Applebee's gonna get around I'm gonna the freaking go to corner. That just drives me crazy. I hate that. No, I think I know that because um, me and Stacy are probably just going to walk around because we don't we ha- don't have any kind of tours or anything. Mm-hmm. One day and like she wants to go to like Hard Rock because she always gets um, her husband a Hard Rock cafe from different places mm-hmm. that she goes mm-hmm. and. We're just going to walk around and just see stuff. That'll cool. be fun. Children. Take lots of pictures. I always think of Fraser when I think of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. That's on, uh, I think, Netflix I right love Fraser. Yes. Travis is watching. Yes. Yes. I think I need to go back to <laughs> one of my favorite sitcom scenes of all time is the scene with Niles mm-hmm. and the ironing board. If you have not seen that scene, don't do anything else in your life until you watch it. That is the best scene ever, Uh especially if you know the character of Niles. He is so fucking funny. I love Niles. Niles is like my my favorite. He makes the show. He does. But that scene is the I don't think he even talks during that scene. I think it's a completely silent scene of him like fighting with the ironing board. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to tell you anymore because you have to see it for yourself. Don't do anything else until you watch that scene. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Well, now. I mean, that's when he's living at the Shangri-La, right? No. I no. When... I think he's at Fraser's house when he's, he's at doing Fraser's it. Fraser's house. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love Fraser. Because he's... I mean, you just have to understand what makes it so funny is that Niles is such an uppity person. He's very very. Tight. Very, very, very uptight. Well, he and he's so neurotic. He, he is neurotic. Uptight, neurotic. I freaking love Niles. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've got to see that scene. It's just the best. Okay, we got to wrap this shit up because we got to move on. Mm-hmm. Frasier has left the building. <laughs>
I drove past somewhere earlier this week that had a sign that said, Elvis never left our building. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean we never have to leave? I mean, I hope not. Elvis didn't really die. He just went home from Men in Black. <laughs> and that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.